So we're here today at the nine o'clock mass. I want you to imagine that you've got a friend who comes to the 1045. And tonight you gather together at your favorite restaurant, social distance or whatever it is. And your friend says, hey, how was, uh, how was mass this morning? You tell him, you know, it, it was okay, but everything felt off. Nothing quite felt right. I mean, it just, just wasn't the place that I know and love. When I showed up, it, it wasn't the way it used to be. I'm not even sure if I'm going to go back. Your friend looks at you and he says, Yeah, man, I know, I know that feeling. The Feast of Corpus Christi always hits me like that. <laughs> now, the conversation may not go that way, but I wish it would. This is my first parish Mass since March 8th. It's wonderful to be back in a parish. But I can't think, and I mean this, I can't think of a better time to come back and to experience firsthand how different all of this feels than on the feast of Corpus Christi. And I promise you, I'm not just trying to make the best of an unusual situation. This feast is meant to make us feel disoriented. It's meant to hit us in the gut and ask, what in the world is going on? You hear that in the readings. Moses, the manna in the desert. What's the manna in the desert all about? I mean, to us, we know it. Oh, God loved them. He gave them food in the desert. But the first time, they didn't know that's what was going on. And if you go back, and, and please do, when you get back sometime today, pull up those readings. What they remembered the manna in the desert for being important was because they said this was the time when our trust was really put to the test. Because they had to decide for the very first time, what's that white stuff on the ground? Is that really food for us? I can imagine all the good ancient Israelite mothers saying to their kids, don't put that in your mouth. You don't know where that's been. And they had to decide, is this really how God is going to sustain us. And what we just heard proclaimed in that reading is they're saying, remember when you were out there in the desert with Moses, God gave you the manna to test you. It was a test, quote unquote, because it was a call to radical trust. Jump ahead to the gospel from that great passage in the sixth chapter, Gospel of John, where Jesus is talking about the bread of life. What does he draw up? He doesn't say, you know, when you go to Mass on Sunday, you're going to see the real presence. He goes all the way back. He goes all the way back to that time of the first reading. And he reminds them about the manna in the desert. And he said, nobody was sure that my father and your father was really there for them at that time. And he invited them in this intimate way to be with him. That's what Jesus draws their mind and their hearts back to. And of course, then he says, and now we are in a similar situation. And unless you eat my body and drink my blood, all the rest of it. But he wasn't talking about the next Sunday Mass they were going to get to. We end today's Gospel on John verse 58 of chapter 6. If you go home, when you go home and you pull up the gospel, just let your eyeball dribble down the page a few more verses to verse 66. And what we'll read is, that day many people 
left Jesus. They found this talk way too crazy. This eat my flesh, drink my blood. Yeah, manna they'd sort of figured out because that was a couple hundred years before. And all of a sudden now it was hitting them in the face. Your body, your blood. And they got up and they left. And I wonder how many never came back. And they talked to their friends that night. Hey, you saw Jesus? Wasn't that awesome? No. He's lost it. I thought we had this all figured out, but we better look somewhere else. It's been said that almost 50% of Catholics no longer believe that the bread and wine at the altar really become the body and blood of Christ. So I work out at the seminary. That gets the seminarians all riled up. What are we going to do about this? We need better teaching. We need better catechesis. There's not a Catholic alive who hasn't heard that the bread and wine become the body and blood of Christ. How do we make it real? How do we turn the manna in the desert into a radical sign of trust, saying, no, God is with us. I don't see it necessarily. Yes, this Jesus wants to be with us even more intimately than just being with us as a friend. I don't see that intimacy necessarily. So can I act on this extraordinary claim? That's how you take the strangeness of this feast and actually have it mean something. Because every now and then, whether we like it or not, something else hits us in the gut. And we've got to admit, the world around us isn't the way that it seemed. This coronavirus, right, this tiny little microscopic organism has turned our world on its head. It's kind of a popular YouTube theme going around. Maybe you've watched some of these where a person in June of 2020 speaks to themselves in January of 2020 and tries to describe what the coming months will be like. Who in their wildest dreams would have imagined? You can't ignore that. I can imagine someone saying, oh, you silly fool, microscopic organism, it can do nothing to me. And then all of a sudden you can't ignore it anymore. How about everything that's erupting in our society? And for so many people, all of a sudden you can't ignore that there are problems and injustices and blindnesses in all different kinds of areas. And certain things happen at certain times and all of a sudden you can't ignore, regardless of how you feel about it. It grabs you by the throat and says you don't have a choice. And that is what the Feast of Corpus Christi is about. But of course, it's so familiar, right? It's so familiar. Body and blood of Christ, I get it. Body of Christ, amen. Blood of Christ, amen. I'm not surprised that 50% of Catholics, and maybe that's an exaggeration, but I'm not surprised that it's all too easy to doubt whether that's real or not. It's easy to say, Jesus, you're off your rocker. I'm leaving, and I'm not coming back. Because they said that to the man himself, Jesus of Nazareth, long before anybody thought about a Sunday Mass. And so just an invitation. For this to be real, we've got to make it as real as it was for the Israelites in the desert or the friends of Jesus when he was talking about his body and blood. And what I mean by that is we've got to take that invitation and act on it. 
We've got to pick up the manna and stick it in our mouth and see whether or not it really does sustain us. And that looks like something. That looks like a concrete decision. You do something on Monday that you wouldn't have done otherwise because we were here this morning. And what does that look like? Well, we're told all the things of what the Christian life looks like. And then, all of a sudden, we have to decide for ourselves, did receiving this sacramental presence really make a difference? And I would stubbornly suggest we wouldn't be here after 2,000 years. You wouldn't have bothered to sign up online and show up today if we didn't believe that there is something there that infuses those human choices, is a source of strength. When we would otherwise say, why bother? It's not going to go anywhere. Why should I even invest myself? That's what grace is, but you never know you have it until you make a choice based upon it. I wonder how many Israelites starved to death because they never quite could bring themselves to believe that that stuff on the ground was food. Think about the disciples with Jesus, how they acted on that extraordinary, wild claim. The ones that didn't leave Jesus at that time who walked with him through the terrible night of his arrest, his crucifixion, who didn't leave after he ascended the Father. Okay, the Holy Spirit came, but what if I wasn't there at the time? What if I wasn't there at Pentecost? No flames dancing over my head. Do I really believe that there's something here which is bigger than our human efforts? You either make a choice based on that or you don't. And I get it, an atheist could say, well, you're just trying to be a good citizen. You don't need the body and blood of Christ for that. Yeah, they can say that. And there's no reason you shouldn't believe them unless and until you take that in and say, okay, God, put up or shut up. Either there's something here in this grace or there isn't. And we wouldn't be here after 2,000 years if there weren't. I know there's folks here in the medical profession you know much better than I can imagine in my wildest dreams what it, make, what it means to make choices based on your faith. You've lived it. You are living it. You didn't roll your eyes when somebody said, fasten your seatbelt because there is a wild time coming. You knew it and you've lived it. I know there are people here who give their lives fighting to try and make society a better place. You know it and you've lived it long before things exploded under our feet. Every one of us has something in our lives, something that makes real for us where grace matters. And all that I'm inviting, if we really want to take this feast of Corpus Christi and allow it to hit us in the face, is to take those areas in our life that we've learned to infuse with grace and share them Bring others into that experience. Say, no, it's food. Pick it up and put it in your mouth. Don't starve to death at the table of an extraordinary feast. No, this Jesus guy. Take him in. Get to know him. It's not just some symbol. It's real, but you'll never know it unless you do it. So let me come along with you. Let me show you what it's like to make a concrete decision as if this wild claim were really true. And maybe in some strange way, we've been given all of this, our masks and 
You'll see me wearing the welding shield and a couple minutes at communion and social distancing and all of that. Maybe we've been given it in a strange way to remind us how strange what we do at this altar is. Eventually a vaccine will be found. The riots will settle down. These pews will be filled. But I hope that we're no less disturbed and disoriented when the Feast of Corpus Christi rolls around one year from now.